Hello. Hi. Uh, this is, um, welcome back to the Ike cast. This is Ike and with me is Chris. Today we're going to have a discussion on uh, dystopian societies, um, something that hits much closer to home, something I think that we're uh, living through. And um, I think Chris probably will agree, but I'll let him speak for himself, which is that um, the issues that are happening with Portland and uh, federal enforcement force being sent to uh, a lot of metropolitans, um, how that plays in. And we're going to pivot to some dystopian TV shows that we think may be apropos under the current climate. Yeah. Um, I, you know, just to sort of round it all out. Um, so thank you for joining guys. Hey, Chris. Hey, I mean, uh, I, the intention was this week that we would be doing like just dystopian TV to match our apocalyptic dystopian movie segment that we did um, last week. But a lot has happened in between now and then. Right. I mean, um, there is, <laughs> which is why, you know, that happens, right? Like that happens with life. Things happen that you don't anticipate, but uh, you want to address. Absolutely. Uh, okay, so Chris, why don't we go through what's happening right now um, in terms of, you know, uh, the protests that have been happening, that have been happening for uh, going on to almost two months now since um, what happened with uh, George Floyd and we're still in COVID, middle of amidst, you know, COVID-19, but um, also what's happening now, what's happening with those protests. They're not going away. And as a result, we now have an administration that's um, using it uh, or is starting to, what I feel, exceed the, the powers that are being given to them constitutionally. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the events of Portland, and from what I understand, is that they want to expand it to other cities, Chicago being one. Uh, the events of Portland, best way I can describe it is that, you know, unmarked federal agents, I believe from the Department of Homeland Security, right. are arresting protesters, mostly peaceful protesters, Um and putting them, arresting them, putting them in unmarked cars, taking them to to different sites, whether that be a courthouse or, or other, right? Holding them for a bit, not reading them the Miranda rights, not giving them the charges that they're being held on, none of that, and then releasing them. Um, these federal agents are, you know, are unmarked, so we don't know that the federal agents, they have um, military type gear, that says police on them, but they're not using police cars. They have military type, you know, they have, you know, they have good, they have weaponry. They're all blocked up. They are attacking individuals, right? The this is, I mean, this is terrifying stuff. I mean, this is it like proto-Gestapo sort of things, right? The secret can arrest you at any time for any reason, they don't have to follow your rights, read you your rights, or 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 even tell you why you're being arrested. Right. So let, let's break it down a little bit. A little um, bit. Okay. Here um, in uh, the U.S., because it's happening here, right? Uh, we have something which is called um, a 
Miranda warning or uh, if you're going to be detained, then the Supreme Court in a decision determined that you needed to be given what's called a Miranda warning. Okay, which is you have a right to remain silent, silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law and you have a right to an attorney. And if you can't afford an attorney, one will be provided to you. The reason why um, this, you know, you get Miranda, you get what's called Miranda's eye, Miranda ties. <laughs> Sorry, I, I can't even speak today. Um, is to ensure that you know your rights when it comes to unlawful detention. Okay, so the key there is, you know, detention, detention itself. So if you don't even know that it's um, it's an enforcement agency that's um, coming at you, picking you up, you're going to react in a manner which is um, which is for which is self-preservation, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, let's just take all this aside. You know, the the dangerous thing about this you know, is people are picking up, you know, people in military-style gear are picking up individuals, right? Walking home on a side street or whatever, right? Right. They are unmarked. They're, they're arresting them. They're putting in on unmarked cars. This is no yeah. different than a kidnapping, right? Right. How would you know that this wasn't just someone trying to kidnap you? How would you know that this they were even real cops? At what point do you feel justified and afraid enough to stand your ground, so to speak? Right? Right. At what point do you do that? And at what point does that become grounds for this administration to now say, hey, listen, federal agents are getting killed on the streets? Yeah. Right? All of this is an incredibly slippery slope that, that throws due process and caution to the wind. Right. I don't. I don't want to seem hyperbolic. Yep. This is a major, major, major escalation in this unconstitutional behavior that we've seen before. Right, and we need to. Um, we need to really look at that. If we stay silent and we don't uh, do any, you know, comment on it or bring it to anybody's attention or bring it to your attention, then, you know, we, we are complicit in, in this behavior, right? I mean, it's happening in Portland, so you're okay with it, because it may not be in your backyard. Um, but when it comes more local to you, then you, you, you know, you stand up and pay attention, but, but by then it might be too late. So what's, and here's the incredible thing, because it, it, this is what um, this is what um, you know. There, there's been a couple of statements that have been made by the acting secretary of the Department of Homeland Security, Chad Wolf, in terms of in terms of what's happening, and uh, basically they're saying, you know, we can we we're mandated to be able to do this. Okay, because there's unrest and local government isn't taking care of it. So we're going to come in and we're going to do this. But they're creating a secret police and secret polices have been in totalitarian regimes, right? We're not a totalitarian re regime. We're a democracy. 
And that means as a democracy, we do have rights. You may not agree with the protest, but it is, as we've discussed in a previous podcast, a constitutionally protected right. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is that, you know, these, it's not like these guys, these agents are protecting federal buildings, right? They're not just waiting out there and go like, hey, listen, you come up here, we're going to arrest you, right? They are roaming streets and unmarked cars, picking people up that they think might have been part of the protests. Right. Yes, and, and there's actually a, a great point because there is um, there is a statement made by the acting secretary that says there's a reason why they're doing that. Okay, um, they said, look, we're not going to go there when there's 600 people around because 600 people, you go and start picking people up, they're going to react and retaliate. So we're not going to put ourselves in danger. What we're going to do is we're going to pick you up after you've completed your peaceful protest. Exactly. But what's the determining factor, right? They're just, they're looking at um, the protesters and they're identifying who they can or they will or will not pick up. And most likely, I, you know, I don't know if anybody's done the the, the reporting on it or has actually determined it, but um, it's probably going to be those individuals who are most vocal during the protest, oh, right? Absolutely. Uh, they're going to be and they're going to be labeled agitators so and that's to me that's that's very troubling they're they're using um a body of enforcement and they're misusing it and and a large part of it is i think also to give coverage to the narrative that does come out of this administration which is oh there's lawlessness happening we're going to bring law and order back and use whatever means necessary but when you use whatever means necessary you what you're doing is um you're you're stomping on the constitutional rights that are given to you there's a reason why the U.S. has has always, you know, the the term that everybody uses that it, what is the, the shining city on the upon a hill, yeah. right? I mean, we're supposed to be a beacon for what's right, and that's not happening, and that's very troubling. Oh yeah, um, I just it confounds me because I don't see, say, the Republicans going up in arms about this, and I would argue. I would argue very, very clearly, like, think about this in the reverse, right? You don't want someone gathering up, you know, the concern. This is what, you know, they always yell. They're going to come for your guns. They're going to do this or whatever, you know, these guys. There's this general thing that the government will come for you out of the right. Yeah. And oddly enough, it's happening right now, and they're they're being very quiet about it because, of course, it's, it's them. Right. It's the other guys. It's, you know, it's, it, don't worry. They're not coming after the good people. They're coming after the bad people. You know, they're taking it at its word. Right. The government right. at its word. I go, I, like, do you not see how much of a slippery slope that is? Right. That, that, that is so slippery to think that, oh, it, it's the bad guys. Right. right. I go, it doesn't matter the bad guys or the good guys. Everyone is yeah. obtained these due process. Everyone has access to due process. Right? Because you can't right. be sure. 
right? Right, right. Everyone has access to it. I know these are strange times. I know these are unprecedented times. But throwing out, you know, these constitutional rights, throwing out all of these fundamental freedoms, all these things that, that you know, we, we I guess, now take for granted, right? Yeah, throwing yeah. all these things out is a it's the beginning of something even darker yeah right it is the beginning of something even darker right we've seen it in tv shows right and even movies where you think oh it's never going to happen because that's so extreme or you think of oh we've learned from history that's not going to happen but guys we're seeing it guys it's happening it's it's happening yeah there's video of it Right, yeah, you have right. liberal jackboots. Yep. This is it's a terrifying prospect. It is it is something out of out of dystopian, you know, films and, and, and television shows. It's this small, twisted, going increase into nothingness. Yes. Small little chip, you know, on the foundation on of, of, of liberty and freedom. Right, that just right. expands to the point where nothing, everything just goes wrong. Right, the institutions that we loved, the institutions that used to work for us, they've all fallen apart. Yeah, I mean, how many agencies have been just totally destroyed in turn? Right, during this pandemic, right. Right. how many agencies have been understaffed since the beginning of this since the beginning of this administration? Right. Right. It's it's terrifying and terrible. Yeah. And this is where this is where it starts. Um, what can I say? This this is the, the long road to tyranny, right? Starts like this. It yeah. starts when we start when we deny the truth in front of us. Right? Right. You know the truth, you see the truth, you deny it. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I agree. Um, you know, it's, um, yeah. I, if you think about it, if, you know, President Obama or Bush, Clinton, uh, if any one of them had deployed this type, I, it, you know what, nobody would have accepted it. Absolutely. And, you know, I have to question, is it because we're so desensitized to the egregious behavior that we've seen over the last um, four years? I, I, I don't know, right? Uh, but there's, we're sort of like, you know, another day of this happening. Now, here's the thing is, you know, the Department of Homeland Security, uh, DHS, they hang their hat on the executive order that had been issued, which was that you know that that uh, that the, the federal government was going to deploy um, federal law enforcement to protect monuments, memorials, and statues, and that's not what's happening. No, I mean, They're, yeah, that's not what's happening at all. There, if it wasn't yeah. just that, I would agree to it. I'd be like, yeah, yeah, protect those things. You know, it's you know. Listen, public defacement, even of things that you completely disagree with, right? Yeah. 
I think it should be up to lawmakers. I think it should be up to, you know, to lawyers. I think that in order to get rid of all of these issues, like say, you know, the, the statue problem, right? You know, the fact right. that Confederate statues are still up. And historically, when you look at when they were all put up, you know, they're put up mostly around the time of, you know, the civil rights movement. Right. They're, they're, they're just a big old finger to, to the civil rights movement, you know, yeah and i'm gonna deviate a little bit from a discussion because i actually don't think those monuments should be taken down because when you take them down you forget your history right but i think what needs to be done is you keep them and you explain why this is wrong they're not kept there they're those monuments or those statues or whatever maybe they're not there to grandize that person it's to it's to what's the what's the term um you know in the olden days they would put um they 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 put somebody in the in the The market square right yeah right and and you point at them and you're like oh look at that moron yeah it's it's a shame on you Right. And I think that's what needs to be done is a shame on you for the monuments, memorials and statues. I, I don't think taking them down because when you take them down, people forget. OK, and um, that egregiousness cannot be forgotten because when when we begin to forget, we. Um, you know, the, the cycle begins again. Right. So I, I don't think uh, and that's my personal opinion and obviously uh i'm entitled to it because this is our opinion show and um we and all the other you know uh etc 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 stuff that go with it but i would throw something else into the mix while that you know while that is an entirely valid you know solution right to go like hey give us the context like what is the context what does this person do you know i would say a solution would be I've, I've had to point it out like this, which is, this is pub, like, I don't think that if you have a monument on your own private land, right. I don't think mm-hmm. there's anything that we as people should be able to do about it. Right. It, because it's private. Yeah. You're entitled to do what you want on your own private property. Yeah. Whatever you do, right. If it's on your private property, we should have no say It is your rights. It is your freedoms. That's it. I may not like it. I might think it's deplorable. It doesn't matter. It's your rights and freedoms. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now let's get further, but on public land, publicly funded, right? Taxpayers and everything, right? I don't think they should flip the bill for, for a monument that, you know, to some taxpayers, to a large majority of taxpayers, right? Goes against everything that the, the nation stood for, putting up monuments to canonize traitors, right? To canonize people who fought against their own nation for the purpose of just ensuring their own richness. I would, I, what I would like done with the, the statues and all these monuments is have them put in museums, right? Yeah. Have them put in museums. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a solution. It's just, you shouldn't, uh, Chris, what I'm saying is you shouldn't, you know, they shouldn't be picking those statues up and locking them away oh, no. because by locking them away, you're forgetting the history, but yeah. Absolutely. Put them where people can go see them and see why. Yeah. Put them, put them there. 
And then yeah. let's, let's have a conversation on the nature of these things. I believe that, you know, even when it comes to art, where because there was recently this issue with, you know, HBO Max and Gone with the Wind. Yeah. Okay. Um, in that situation, their solution, they took it down. I'm like, that's not a good idea. But then they brought it back up with a little like forward going like, all right, here's the context of this thing. Here's the context of the time. You know, that sort of thing. Give us context for history. Right. Yeah. I do not expect that enlightened minds, you know, that everyone had to be enlightened 200 years ago. Right. Right. I do not right. expect that people that, that, that people should think the way that I think now, even for even 10 years ago. Right? Yeah. I think people should be allowed the opportunity to grow. I think people should be allowed the opportunity to change their minds right yeah i think that i think that should be the opportunity so you know, right so so circling back to what's been happening right it's the they're using that as a guise to do uh, to bring in these um federal enforcement law enforcement and get them deployed right yeah. and um i think portland was just a trial run they saw how well it worked and um, I believe they've already deployed in Kansas City and Seattle, and they're looking at deploying and um, uh, they're looking at deploying into other cities like um, Chicago, New York, Philly, Detroit, Baltimore, Oakland, uh, Albuquerque, Kansas City, and Milwaukee. And I'm going to throw this out there. This may be, um, yeah. A lot of people may disagree with this. I'm going to throw this out there. Those cities have a higher percentage of African Americans. Yeah, they, they have a high percentage of a, of a minority population. Yeah. Right? A population that may. That's a better way to put it minority population. Yeah. But you know, you know where I'm going with this, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it, yeah, absolutely. It's like you now have these places which, uh, because they have a higher percentage of minority population, they might have a higher percentage of protests. Yeah. Right. I. This whole thing, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Right. It doesn't make sense. This seems like a very death. It's it's this culture war thing that they're focusing on the this culture war going on as opposed to the real threat, which is, you know, the coronavirus ripping. Right. And I think the culture war is a administration made culture war. They're, they said there's a culture war. So they created that culture war. Absolutely. And that's what these prote protests are. And it's bullshit. I'm going to call it what it is. It's bullshit. Call it what it is. Okay. That's how we work. Yeah. It, it's absolutely disgusting. And I, I can't believe more people are not talking about it. And this is not the Soviet Union. This is not Nazi Germany. This is not, you know, totalitarian regimes like Iran, Iraq, North Korea, China, for that matter, because they control, they, they censor and control. This is not a country that, it's supposed to be governed by that like this and yeah. that's the danger oh absolutely that that's a major danger and i think that more and more it's becoming 
I like that. That's a major danger. Uh, let's add one, uh, one more step. That's a major danger, stranger. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> in this. I just yeah. don't how people don't realize how far this can go, how quickly this can fall apart. Yeah. Well, um, and the other thing is, like, I still... So I'm going to throw this, because this is not necessarily... Um, directly on point with our discussion, but I read a, an article um, the other day and it was about a protester in Utah. I don't know if you know, if you read about this or we've seen this um, yourself, Chris, yeah, but... The Navy officer, the, the former Navy man. Yes. Well, no, that that's the, 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 the former um, Navy man, I think it was in Portland. Um, this is a... He's a black man, soldier. Um, I don't know what uh, what armed forces he was in, but he was protesting what was happening in Portland, in in Utah. I think it was in Salt Lake City, right? Um, and so, everybody, forgive me if I don't have the right city, but I do have the right state. Uh, so he's protesting. So he, you know, geared up in his his um his outfit right and he was um carrying gun a gun as well right I, I mean you've got the right to bear arms um and i think it was in compliance with utah state rules well this is one man protesting what was happening in portland and when i say protesting what was happening in portland that was the the federal enforcement that was going on which is unconstitutional and in response to that, 20 Caucasian men, all dressed up in camouflage fatigues and weapons, came. Right? I mean, look at the optics there. So how can you be so threatened? It's a protest. If you're entitled to protest, why can't, why isn't anybody else entitled? We saw this with a whole bunch of guys early with the protests involving the, the shutdowns and the masks. And yeah. nothing happened there. Right? Right. I think that people... There is a double standard. Let's be very real. Yes. Right? That's there's what a... I wanted to get to is there's a double standard. And until we eliminate that double standard, um, you know, we start treating everybody fairly. Um, we're going to continue in this cycle. Yeah, absolutely. And what can I say? This this sort of event, it, it spreads. Yeah. And I don't think that people, I don't, I don't think people will take this lying down, because I think people, I think generally people will be smart enough to. I think some people definitely. There's thirty percent of the population. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Who will see this and be like, well, they're taking out the bad guys, just like among the left. There would be individuals who would be totally happy for this thing happening to, you know, right-wing supporters. And I would say though those guys, they're so blind to their tribal partisanship that they don't see that this is horrible, right? That right. this right here, that if a rising tide raises all ships, this is a tsunami that's going to destroy the harbor. Yeah. Right? Right. There's going to be no safety after this. I mean, 
I'd hate to see this escalate. Yeah. You know, the escalation of this would, would, would go even crazier. Imagine if someone did, you know, feel threatened enough to pop off shots. Where would this go? National Guard? Army? Right? Right. The oath to the Constitution means nothing if the people, you know, you know, fulfilling their roles don't care. If the people fulfilling their roles decide to follow orders instead of their oath. Yeah. What can I say? I don't think that this time following orders will be enough because these aren't soldiers. These are federal agents. Right? Right. You know, they're not even an enforcement body. Yeah. I am. Well, I, yeah. And I, you know, everybody uses trigger words, right? To justify what's going on. And they're saying um, they use um, terms like liberal, um, liberal towns, liberal cities, uh, you know, no, uh, no respect for police enforcement. Uh, but the, the, you know, or that, you know, these, these towns are so overrun that they need to be taken over um, by federal agencies. There's definitely a, there's a separation between the state and federal and federal is overstepping. Okay. Yeah. It's um, so I think that there has to be, um, there has to be litigation as well. I don't know how effective that litigation will be because, you know, at the end of the day, the, the, um, the executive branch would have to follow uh, the decisions, but they've been shown that they don't do that. They don't care. Yeah. Uh, I mean, definitely that's, it's been seen that that sort of thing has become almost completely bypassed by their line of thinking. Yeah. I see this as incredibly dangerous. I see this as the start, possibly the start of something that could be horrifying and horrible. Yeah. I, I just hope that people have the foresight, the wherewithal to realize how dangerous they can get and then, you know, make their voices heard because what can I say? This, this it's an election year. It's really important. The focus should be on, um, you know, uh, minimizing the impact of COVID nineteen, and that's not what's happening. Not at all. And, you know, it's um, because the it is shameful what's happening there. Incredibly, it is. Um, this shameful. week, um, yeah. So this week. Um, this is July 25th. Um, this past week, uh, the U.S. reached 4 million cases. That's just terrifying. Extremely. And while this is going on, we have this. Uh, I just, I don't know. I don't know how people can. This is, this is, this is the thing that everyone has been warning against. Yep. Right. And it happened. And I don't see, I don't, where's the outrage? Right? Mm -hmm. Where's the absolute? 
Well, I think part of the everybody is so desensitized to everything. Yeah, I think that you know, you know, a scandal a week has turned people's brains off. Yeah, it really has. It's just like, oh, geez, so, well, well, shit. So this is happening, right? And that's that's wrong, right? I don't know how to um, get out of that that cycle of constantly being bombarded, right? I mean, Chris, everybody's, you know what? Um, because it's not in your town or your city, you know, it's because it's removed physically, it's removed. You don't really think about it because you know what? You're more worried about your day to day, right? Grind of what's happening. Like you're worried about, um, your job. You're worried about your expenses, uh, you're worried about the state of the economy. Are we going to, you know, how are we going to recover? Right. So there's, there's a number of things that are weighing on people's minds, but, um, and, and, and that does like it, it does like, you know, it does become, it, it becomes really hard. We've seen the numbing of a nation. Yeah. Right? Due to wave after wave of catastrophe and controversy. Yeah. Right? History is going to go down. Like, people are going to look back and say, how did it, all of this go wrong all at once? Right. Right? How is it that we have a social crisis, a pandemic, right? And governmental, you know, and, and governmental just straight up near tyranny because we're almost there. I don't want to say that we're that we're in tyranny. All right. Post election, if someone decides not to, you know, agree to the election result result, I would say we're in a tyranny. Yeah. Post election if you find out that what happened in Georgia in, 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 in twenty eighteen it happened in other places, I'd say we're in a tyranny. Yeah. I just don't know where this goes from here. I just don't know. I just, I mean, I'm lucky, right? I live in a country that apparently has kept its its, its sanity. Right. Right. But what happens in the States affects the world. What happens in, in the United States affects the entire planet, whether we like it or not. Yeah. And so we need to be well aware I'm, I just, I just don't know. I just don't know how it got this way, right? I can see every single step it took to get here. Yeah. I just don't know how. All right. It's, it's confounded me, and it's made all the entertainment that I've seen involving this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Prescient and prophetic and that shouldn't be a thing about entertainment <laughs> right right it shouldn't give me a good understanding of the future because it's always hyper reality and we're in a hyper reality right now yeah 
what can I say? I just do not know. And this topic is as heavy as it gets. So, I mean, unless we have more. Wanna... I'm sure there could be more, but you're right. It's a very heavy topic. Uh, we just, uh, we wanted to, we wanted to touch on it because um, when it, uh, last week we had done um, post-apocalyptic movies that we had enjoyed, um, we thought might be, or even dystopian um, worlds um, stories that we thought would be good. And this year, this week we were going to talk about um, post-apocalyptic slash dystopian um, TV shows and and then Portland happened and we didn't expect that. So we want, because that's, you know, on point with, with what we were talking about. So we wanted to talk about, um, we wanted to touch base with that before we pivoted to what we wanted, uh, what our original intent was for this podcast, which was TV shows. Yes. Our recommendations. Yeah. TV shows, our recommendations and, uh, everything else that goes with it. Um, so in terms of television shows, I'm going to go through my library very quickly. And uh, uh, if you have anything in art and you have, please uh, start. Okay. Well, I do actually, because it's a Netflix show. Uh, I mentioned it before uh, early on when we first started um, doing our podcasts and that was, um, and it's reaching its, its final arc. It's a three season show. Um, and it is called The Rain. Um, I don't know if you remember, Chris, but um, let me, I'll summarize very quickly because uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's coming out uh, August 6th, I think is the third season. So thankfully, you know, it doesn't end on a cliffhanger. Um, and then we don't know what happens. Uh, but this is a really, it's a um, post-apocalyptic dystopian world um and and the premise it's a uh, so i should step back and say this particular show it was um it's set in i think denmark um i can't remember i think it's denmark it's denmark sweden um it, it don't uh, it's it's in that region so what it is is um and it right out the gate everybody knows what the issue is. So I'm not going to give this away. This is not a spoiler. Although some of our discussion may be spoilers for for you guys. So if you don't like spoilers, maybe now might be time for you to sort of tune out, but I don't recommend it. Continue to listen to us. Um, but the rain, I really like this. Okay. So what is, what's the premise behind it? It's, we start off with, a father rushes to get his children and he's driving like a madman to get to a bunker. They get to the bunker. Um, the mom has uh, gone out. Uh, somebody's knocking on the bunker door. Mom goes out and mom dies immediately. And that's when we realize that the rain is toxic. There's some sort of virus in the, in the rain. And if you, if it touches you, if the raindrop touches you, that's it. You're dead. Okay, so that means that everything gets contaminated, right? Um, your supply chain, food, everything gets contaminated because even though the rain won't impact them, if you consume it, it would because then you're taking that virus in you. So um, the dad, the you know, leaves because he's 
he's a scientist. Uh, you know, he's a scientist and he leaves. You think, okay, the father's going to be back. But what ends up happening is uh, the teenage daughter who starts off being, I think, about 15. Um, she ends up staying in the bunker with her brother who is six. And um, they're there for six years. And they had supply for six years. The bunkers I, and the bunker is something that's been created by this corporation and they have bunkers everywhere. Okay. And all of the bunkers were supplied uh, for a long-term stay in place sort of scenario. Sound familiar, Chris? Um, so anyways, um, so six years that no, nobody knows what's happened to the father. Uh, they start running out of food. So the sister goes to the, the nearest, um, town where they used to live, um, to see if she can find additional food. And that's where she meets survivors. And so the brother and sister leave the bunker in search of their father. And they have to be very careful uh, in terms of, get, you know, um, they can only travel when it's not raining. So if it rains, they're in trouble, right? So that's loosely the premise is that they're trying to reconnect with their father who may have the answers. What we don't realize, there's something, and her father always tells, you know, his daughter, take care of your brother. He's really important. So you don't know why he's so important. And that is part of the... He's either the savior of humankind or he's going to be the harbinger of humankind's end. Okay, that's, that's I, I'm going to put it there. But it shows how society devolves when there isn't um, structure, when there isn't enforcement, where it's a free-for-all and um, how society de devolves when there's, uh, when, you know, everybody's just surviving. Right. Um, and it also shows, you know, how a, a utopia is not necessarily a utopia. And you'll understand what that means because there is a particular um, episode which deals with that. Right. And, it, and everybody has a, um, they have a, you know, the question, you know, what, what is one's ethics and what, what is one's morality in those type of situations? What would you do uh, if you were forced into a no one situation or a situation like this? So I really enjoyed it. Um, it season one built uh, season two built on season one and now we're reaching season three and it is the end of the arc. So I'd be interested to see how, how it ends um, and answer the question is the brother Rasmus really, is he the harbinger of humankind's destruction or is he here? Yeah. Um, I mean, as for me, I, I just looking through my, my uh, library very quickly. Handmaid's Tale. I oh, yes. Yep. And uh, yeah, I mean, this has a lot of press and I think a lot of people are aware of this, but Handmaid's Tale is one of those incredibly you know just prescient well thought out you know dystopian you know futures that that looks at you know what happens you know where there is this really hardcore fundamentalist takeover of the united states yeah right yeah. and the 
the problems that arise from it, the, the major catastrophes that, that this thing will cause, the significant uh, challenges that people have in this sort of society. I don't want to, I don't want to spoil anything, but like all good sort of uh, science fiction or dystopian sort of stuff, it focuses on on some sort of missing resource, mm-hmm. right? Or some sort of right. resource that we once had that now hurts us. And in this case, um, fertility, right? Right. And in a fertility crisis, you know, religious individuals, right, will seize on that to for, for different purposes and how they twist their religion to to best suit their needs. Right. The line in the show, which I think is incredibly poignant, which is when someone goes like, oh, we're trying to build a better world, right? Right. They, 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 make, they very casually say better means better for some, but not better for all. Yeah. Right? And, I mean, Handmaid's Tale is incredibly hard to watch. It's powerful and it's terrifying. It is. It's also based on a novel. Um, yeah. And I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know, Chris, if it was required reading for you, but it was required reading when I was in high school. Um, I mean, yeah. So yeah, it was not required reading for me. Um, <coughs> generally, I don't know why, but like Margaret Atwood was not really required reading for us at all. And Interesting. That, you know, it should have been. Uh, Margaret Atwood is one of probably Canada's greatest authors, and I don't know why we don't get her more often. Yeah. Um, as as required reading. So. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it was a. So it was based on a on a novel, but I they've they've expanded on that novel, and they've you know yeah, the, given a a visualization. I, there was a movie made. Um, I think in the 70s or 80s i can't remember exactly but the way this show delves into that world and it's very i think apropos again to our current situation as well yeah right so uh, that's a that's a really good pick i i i agree with you the handmaid's tale is and is is a great is a great one and it we see it through the lens of one woman who become yeah. you know and and her journey yeah and uh it's what can i say it's a powerful show it's a show that deals with these hard topics that deals with you know the amount of suppression and the amount of you know and just the like how easy it was to slide into this, how, mm-hmm. how people of even, you know, half decent morals, right. Could be part of a regime that is so horrifying. Yeah. Right. Right. It's, it's terrifying. It's, it's one of those, it's a terrifying show and how it so it, it's not even hyper realistic. It, it's, it's just realistic how it deals with these issues. Yeah. Um, Handmaid's Tale is is de- and they're they're from what I understood, um, three seasons are out, and they contracted very early on for six. Okay. Right. Yeah. So that could continue even further. Um. Uh, uh, I got two more shows. I'm going to say one, and I know you're going to explain this. Uh, I'll let you explain it. Um. Oh, shoot. 
uh, I'm losing it. Sorry. Um, it was. Shoot. All right. Well, it, while you remember, I'm going to jump in. Okay. Um, here's one. The man in the high castle. That was, uh, it, it, was that the one that you were going to yeah. say? That was the one. <laughs> yeah, that was the one. Man in the high castle. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. So the man in the high castle. It's an Amazon. Um, it's an it's prime. So if you've got Amazon prime, you have access to it. Uh, and um, man in the high castle. So this, it, again, it's based on um, a novel. It's uh, based on a novel by Philip K. Dick. And it takes an interesting perspective of history. So it questions, what if Nazi Germany had won World War II? What kind of world would we live in? Right? Yeah, um, and it, yeah. and so on one side you have Nazi Germany and the other side you have the Japanese who've won the, um, the war. World War Two. So what? And what they've done is they've they've cleaved up or halved um, the the U.S. And where does that? How does that look? What kind of society is that? But they layer it in with introducing alternate realities. Okay, uh, and that's a. It was. It was. It's a four season arc again. So it's not like something that's going to go on forever. Uh, right. Which I, if there's a common theme you're he hearing or seeing it's there's, there's an actual arc that ends it. Cause I hate shows that continue to go on forever and then they'll abruptly end. And then you have no closure. So these, cl these all give closure and, and basically they're taking a look at, okay, if you know what, they're, they're taking all of the, the, you know, the, the things that Nazi Germany was doing and they've brought it into the U S so we don't see it until I think season four, but what, you know, the, the main characters, what happened when Germany invaded the U S and how, you know, they how the survivors of that, um, you know, the decisions that they made took them down a slippery slope. And what was, uh, what's clever is because it's also deals with um, a multiverse. Okay. Although they don't call it a multiverse. Um, even the, you know, when you deal with a multiverse, you see, okay, the directions that certain characters could take. Right. Uh, here's the, the and the Germans are aware. The Nazi Germans are aware. The Nazis are aware that there's travelers between these different worlds, but they haven't figured out how they're traveling. Oh, right. Um, and there's a there's a catch to it. Should I tell them what the catch is, Chris? Or no, no, leave leave that. <laughs> okay, leave that. Okay, so you guys figure it out. Okay, figure out what the catch is that allows. Uh, individuals to travel between the different worlds the the, the multiverse um so to speak it's a really good show it shows how um you know that who is considered a perfect race um perfect race is purely genetics um if you were from the caucasian race and um 
and they will look at any type of dilution as a corruption. And so if you had, um, you know, if you, and for them, it's as close to the Anglo-Saxons. Uh, it does not include Italians, people from Spain. I mean, they're not considered part of the master race. I mean, I, I remember like the sort of social hierarchy of yeah. the of 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 Nazi Germany, right? Yeah. You know, Germanic being pious, you know, after that Nor Norse, after that, you know, Anglo um Anglo Saxon, uh, you know, the, the, the Romance peoples being France, Spain, Italy. Right. Um right, uh, the Slavic, the Irish, um uh beside all of this, the Japanese have their own special category as honorary Aryans. Um right. Yeah. All, like the, the the Germans spent a lot of time on their social hierarchy, and you know when you look at it, the the insanity of it all is very clear. The Man in the High Castle is a is a great show. I would recommend watching it, uh, stopping about thirty seconds before the end. <laughs> okay, um, yes. So <laughs> watch it to the end. Don't listen to Chris on that one. Um, some may be satisfied with it. Um, others may not be. Uh, I think they've left enough that if it wanted to, they could explore it some more. Oh, absolutely. They could. Maybe they should. Um, Man in the High Castle, really good. The actors in it are great. The, the nature of it all. The historical, like, because a lot of thought was done into the historical change, right? Like, you have actual historical individuals who yep. were Americans who, who became important in this in this in this new alternate you know timeline of events right people who yeah. are americans uh, i remember like um there's a character called george lincoln rockwell and i was like okay interesting that's a weird name and then i find out no that guy was real right he was an actual you know he was an actual american nazi right right um, you know who, who white supremacist through and through and and at the time was a big supporter of Nazi Germany. So um, there, there's a lot to this show that, that deals with the historical account. The main thing, if you're wondering the main thing of what separates this universe from say ours, what is the thing that shifted it to the Nazis winning the war? It is the, the death of FDR in the thirties. Um, yeah. This is actually a real event uh, in the thirties. Uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt and uh, the mayor of Chicago, were at this some sort of like press event and somebody took a shot at uh, FDR. It misses FDR, it hits the mayor, kills the mayor. FDR survives. Mm -hmm. If FDR didn't survive though, it is argued that, you know, we wouldn't have gone, you know, like the, the West in general wouldn't have gone into the World War, right? Like uh, North America wouldn't have gone directly into the World War. Canada would have because Britain, but you know, the U.S. is a big powerhouse. They wouldn't have gone to war until, right? Um, they would like think like this. Like it, it is, it is well understood that Pearl Harbor was something that was, in terms of intelligence, a, you know, a lot of the intelligence was aware of that occurring. Yeah. Right. And right. there is a lot of evidence to state that 
you know, they pull out certain, you know, things, they pull out certain, you know, ships, they, they make it so that the attack occurs and it gives them justification for war. Right? Similar to World War One and the Lusitania, right? The Lusitania is uh was was the, the main catalyst for the United States during you know, joining World War One. And in reality, the Lusitania was, you know, it, they filled it up with supplies and people, right? Right. Right. They won't attack the supplies. There's people in there. And then they attack the supplies. Um, and that allows America to join the First World War. Right. Right. Uh, generally speaking, World Wars in Europe, you know, America needs, you know, a reason to get in. And so usually they get attacked first. You know, they get attacked by somebody else. Um. You know, taking that into mind, you know, the show, it deals with the historical ramifications of these events. It deals with how ostensibly normally good, ordinary people could be part of a machine, evil and disgusting. Yeah. Right. It shows how even people who are part of the machine might might hate it, might want it to end, might want it to change. And it shows sometimes there are patriots behind life. Right. Right. What can I say? I I thoroughly enjoyed Man of the High Castle. The ending, you know, people can debate whether or not they liked the ending. I, I personally didn't, but I'm not going to hold it against someone who did. Right. right. To each their own. Um, so watch it. See it. I think it's great. Now, the next one, and I think the last show I want to talk about, unless you have one more. Go ahead. Go for it. Right. This is the last show I want to talk about. I know you haven't seen it yet. Snowpiercer, the show. Okay, right, and for for everybody who's tuning into us, um, Snowpiercer also is a movie, and I believe the show is based on the movie premise, which is based on a French novel. Yeah, French graphic <laughs> yeah. novel. Which okay, so it's okay. This is going to get very strange. Okay, French graphic graphic novel gets turned into a Korean film with a largely American cast, which then turns into. Uh, uh, an American show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So that's the long line of how it got to here. And Snowpiercer, the show, unlike the movie, the movie deals with, you know, it's been uh, 20 years. They call it revolutions uh, because they revolve the world. It's been 20 years since the train has started. The world has frozen. That's the movie. The show goes a little bit earlier. It's seven years. Okay. I, I don't want to say that the movie and the show are connected. All right. But it's the same premise, right? Uh, and that's what I meant was that yeah, it's the, the same premise. premise. Yeah, the premise is the same. Um, and because the premise is the same, it allows them to do some interesting things to focus on the premise even more. Part of, Because the movie is short, you can't actually look at, you know, the social structure. The, the reason why Snowpiercer is so brilliant is that it uses the idea of left to right as a social, as mm -hmm. a social structure. Right, uh, starting at the back of the train, farthest left, right, or farthest depending, you know, whatever hand it is. But I'll, I'll start with left to right because it's 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 easy for people to understand left to right. Um, starting at the back, you have the lowest, you know, class of society, and it keeps on going up. It's the tail, third, second, first, right, in terms of the societies that are on there: first class, second class, third class, and the tailies. Yeah. Right. And in a, you know, because this is a train that's revolving the world, and you know, it's, it, it keeps on going. It doesn't have to worry about energy. What you do have to worry about is complex and balanced ecosystems, right? People don't realize how complex 
an ecosystem is in normal nature. Now, trying to make one thrive in an artificial environment, mm-hmm. right, is terrifyingly hard. And anything that goes wrong can start a cascade effect. And uh, there, there's a show called The Expanse. It's not really, uh, you know, a dystopian thing, but a character in that talks about how that if one thing goes wrong, a cascade can, can, can occur. And you have to get smart and, you know, head off the cascade early. But if you don't, everything's the domino effect begins and it's too late. The system and the ecosystem will fail. Okay. Um, that's always an issue with Snowpiercer. That's always, you know, this is, this is a sh- show that fundamentally examines a microcosm of society and how people react within it. The first season has just ended. I believe it was nine or 10 episodes long. It uh, is on TNT and uh, Netflix Canada has it. I'm not sure about Netflix. Um, no, we haven't gotten it yet. Hopefully we will get it. Um, I think Netflix does have an arrangement yeah. with um, with TNT. So I think they're, they're licensed it, but we don't get it aired until after it's done. Yeah. So it is all complete. And if you're able to, to get it, uh, I'm sure there's other sources for you to get it. Snowpiercer was actually a very good show. It stars David Diggs uh, of Hamilton fame and uh, Jennifer uh, Connelly. Okay. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to watch it. Um, it is on my list of to watch. Um, so I will, I, I'll, that's on my to do. So I'll be able to discuss it more in depth once I've been able to watch it. But, okay, so I'm going to throw this out there. So I'm looking at the Sorry, I'm going to be really quick. I'm going to just throw this out there. Um, the Walking Dead. I know you watched it. I don't know. Do, are you still watching it? No, I okay. stopped. Because it's one of those shows that continues to just go on and on and on and on, right? Yeah, I mean, my issue with The Walking Dead in, in general is that there's it, 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 it's based on source material that has generally been regarded as very yeah. good. You know, very good source material in terms of the comic. But the show has had this opinion that, oh, we don't necessarily need to follow the comic. And I'm like, that's cool. You know, do your own thing. Give us something new, right? I'm all, I'm all for that. Um, the issue arises that the writers on the show have been, from time to time, bad to terrible. Okay. <laughs> right? Despite the, despite the great visuals, despite the, the, the amazing effects, despite the fact that this is truly event television, there's going to be times that your head's going to explode in how bad the writing is, how bad people react in situations, um, how things don't make any sense. It's one of those things. And there was a point where I was like, oh, God, early seasons are fine. But when you're in a 10-season show at a point, mm-hmm. right, fatigue is real. Yeah. Right? And um, what can I say? The fatigue was real enough for me to go like, hey, characters that I really enjoyed have started making rookie mistakes that they would never have made. Right. I remember there's a sequence like so. This is a zombie show. There's a sequence where a character goes like, "Oh, we don't know what it is. We don't know if it's a virus or a parasite or a bacteria." Yeah. And then I go like, "Oh my god, have none of these guys gone to high school?" Yeah. What do you mean you know? You're a doctor. Does it have a nucleus? Right. right. Is it a prime structure and or a spore structure like a fungus? All right. Does it have a structure similar to a virus? We know the different structures between these things. Right. It's it's things like that that like that like you scratch your head and you're like, oh that's just bad. <laughs> like someone did not do the research. All that being said, 
right? All of that being said, I think that the show in its early, like the first season is amazing television. I agree with you. The second yeah. season had, yeah, second season had a lot of actually behind the scenes issues, right? Uh, involving budget and, and AMC and like broken promises. It got really, really messy and that second season suffers for it. Third and fourth seasons, particularly good. Fifth and sixth seasons, there's some ups and downs. Uh, and then I think after seven and eight, I was just like, okay, I mean, there's only so much depressing stuff that you can deal with before you can go like, hey, these guys are only just their own worst enemies at this point. Yeah. <laughs> right? Where I was like, all right, I'm just going to back off. I'm going to let, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'll definitely pick up the show from beginning to end when it's done. <laughs> yeah. And that's because um, you, then you have the, the full arc, right? Uh, I agree with you. Um, and that's why uh, the ones that I've named, uh, either you can see where the arc is or it has completed and it has a full arc or is about to have a full arc. And on that note, um, we hope you do um, tune into some of our recommendations. There are good um, watches. If you like to binge, they're good binge worthy um, shows as well. Yeah. I mean, generally speaking, this topic, you know, the early topping this, they go go together, get some catharsis, want something impossible, and then see what it took to make that possible. Yeah. Because that's what it takes, you know, like clever writers and, and smart individuals think about how things could go wrong. Right. Yeah. And then they add a little bit of nice creative license to allow it to go. Yeah. Wrong, right? Whether that be a fertility crisis or a zombie apocalypse. Yeah. And if... If I was going to say, um, if I was to choose what to begin, I would go with The Man in the High Castle first. And the reason why I say that is because it has a finite end to it, mm -hmm. right? Uh, some of the other ones, they're still going through their process. And then I would follow that up with The Rain, um, which is going to complete its arc of a story um, August 6th. Okay. Um, so, yeah. High Castle, the Rain, Handmaid's Tale, which is continuing, and then Snowpiercer. Yeah. Are the four shows that we recommend. We think they're, I, I think they're, they're great examples of this genre and of a genre, and of course, The Walking Dead, um, of a genre that it's not really done well on TV, mainly because it requires a budget and a long term time scale. But these guys have done it. Watch these shows, you know, be. You know, just be amazed at what they yeah. do. They um, get you vested in the characters, which is, I always like to see. Yeah. Uh, if you want a little comedian, comedic show that's very dystopian in, in the way it works, I suggest watching uh, Avenue. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's a uh, funny one. Mainly because it, it, it's a comedic show about essentially the most incompetent people ever running a spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Yeah. And and you look at it and you're like, oh, okay, so that looks very familiar to what we're in right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's actually yeah. funny show. You just like, really? <laughs> yeah. Um, I know some people don't like it, but uh, generally, generally speaking, I'm I'm a softy. I'm not too critical of things. Um, you know, if I can find something to like, right? And I, you know, The Walking Dead, I'm critical of it, but there's a lot to like in it as well. You know, there are some characters that work. When it's all done and said and done with, I'll be able to watch it properly and get the full story. But the way that the show is coming out right now, it's like, 
the week to week thing is is a relic of a time period that I don't think is is, is a thing anymore, especially now during COVID. Yeah. Right. Right. It's like stretching it out is 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 necessary, but not you know not when when COVID's gone. Like we don't need to stretch out content because we're missing it. Right. Uh, but all that being said, I hope that you you know really take a good long look at some of our recommendations. Um, and I think this is a good place to end it. I agree with you. And on that note, thank you for um, joining us. And um, we look forward to meeting up with you again. Yeah, see you guys. Right. Bye-bye.